less than a third of computer science degrees are awarded to women. And 5% of startups are owned by women. And only 1% of uh, venture capital funding goes to women's startups. Clearly, there's a long way to go for women in the technology industry. But in Stockholm, there are women who are optimistic. And today, we're going to find out why. Hello from Stockholm and welcome to A Woman's Place. I'm Samanda Ekman and this podcast is a collaboration between The Local and Invest Stockholm. And by the way, our intro music was composed by the Stockholm band Rain. Check the podcast notes if you want to hear more of them. So today we're talking to two women who represent the most traditional and the most modern aspects of Stockholm's technology industry. Funda Seski runs Norsken, a tech impact hub, and Dodi Axelsson is an Ericsson veteran who now works at the software company Snow. Hello to both of you. Hello. Hello. And Funda, we're all familiar with the term the glass ceiling. Uh, what do you do if you uh, just can't seem to break through it? Um, I think, I mean, one thing you do is to try harder. Uh, to to begin with, um, I don't quickly give up. Uh, so I persist in trying to to break the the norms and the ceilings and and all of that. Uh, but sometimes it is so embedded in like uh, the culture that could be the the organization, the the country uh, that uh, that it's time to leave and get closer to your like uh, values where the the ceiling is just non-existent. I think the toughest thing to do is to acknowledge the glass ceiling, right? Exactly. The minute that you agree it's there, you're going to bump up against it. So I think maybe a good frame of mind is to say, let's do what I want to do. You have your goal and you're going to go for it. Um, unfortunately, there are going to pe- be people who who try to stop or try to say like, you know, what are you as a woman going to try to do this startup for? Um, because it's my ambition. That's it. So I think that if you... Acknowledge the gra- the glass ceiling; it will stop you. So just don't just care about it. Don't care about it. <laughs> almost because yeah. you, I found you've moved to Stockholm. Was it four years ago? Four years ago now. Yeah. How did you end up here? A long story short, uh, I actually did my masters in Lund first uh, about ten years ago, uh, maybe more now actually. Um, and uh, and that was actually a coincidence of me having met a lot of Scandinavian people when I was living in Australia, uh, when I did my exchange studies during my undergraduate studies in Turkey. And I got super curious about what was happening in, in Sweden. And that's uh, like that ended up me landing on a master's degree here in Lund. And then, um, then I actually can call myself a semi-love refugee. Uh, so I met a Swedish guy there uh, and then I actually broke up with him for another Swedish guy when I lived in Barcelona. What were some of the things that made you so curious? Uh, it was mainly the the culture, I would say. Like uh, the the Swedes are very curious. It takes time to, to know them, uh, but then once you know them, it is forever. So I I met a lot of uh, Swedish people when I lived in Australia and like one of them we used to call uh, the one who doesn't talk. 
that was hanging around us all the time. But in the end, uh, that's basically the like the only person that I'm still in touch with uh, from my Australia times. It's not the one you married. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. And Dodi, you've been in Stockholm for ever, uh, forever, twenty years. No? Yeah, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And um, have you noticed a change in in the situation for working women during your years here in Stockholm? Perhaps, but I think I remember when I when I first came to Sweden. I came to Linköping in 1994, and I was studying at the University of Linköping. And already on my way to Sweden, you know, you get this package of information. You know, 51 percent of the parliamentarians are women in Sweden. So I came to Sweden thinking that this was a society that worked towards gender equality already. So has it changed much? I wouldn't say dramatically. But I think that um, the environment is only better. But sometimes you don't realize how uh, good, for example, a situation is for what we're talking about here, women, until you go somewhere else. And Fanny, you first came to Sweden as a student in 2004. But you have plenty of experience from outside the country. Uh, At one point you were even lecturing in Egypt. Tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of uh, stories to compare, actually. Like, I can't make a whole country profile as to, like, uh, you know, uh, how Sweden developed over the years, for instance. But um, it is really the first place I have felt, like, uh, empowered and enabled as a female. Um, In what way? Can you give some examples of... Yeah, um, I think, I mean, here, like, uh, it's, like... One thing, for one thing, in the tech uh, uh, scenery, like it's one of the biggest criticisms is that females don't uh, get the the chance to to get funding, like uh, startup companies and such. But these uh, discussions must have been happening for a while because there are now a lot of great initiatives. Companies are like uh, acting much more aware, awarely uh, around the diversity issues, uh, and I have really felt like um, encouraged and enabled by both like uh, different female actors and male actors in the field to to step up and uh, get to where I got to over time. And um, like just a, a comparison now that you brought up Egypt, um, I used to deliver uh, executive trainings there uh, to like in executive MBA programs as well as like, uh, like some specific companies uh, recruited me for different trainings and the first time I was there I was uh, 26 Uh, so both young and female and this executive MBA program was mainly for like a tech related uh, people and uh, I, I remember like it was a very difficult start because you really need to build credibility. Uh, and it's like male dominant audience, maybe just a few females there. So I had like a lot of crossed arms, like, a, oh, you know, like language. seated back, f- you know, like a, just prove me you know anything kind of look. And how was that? How did you break through those I, arms? I prepared a lot. Like I was really prepared mentally, uh, but like both content wise, obviously, but also mentally that I would get this kind of um, uh, reaction. Yeah, um, resistance. Resistance, exactly. So I, uh, 
I really powered it through. I mean, you get a lot of questions that you feel that like a, a, an older male would not get at that point. They're really testing you a lot, like to see if you have the knowledge. So once you show them that you do have the knowledge, you can build the credibility, but that definitely takes time. Do you think that besides the gender, whatever assumptions are made for gender, in that scenario, was your size difficult? Because for the radio audience, Funda is... Tiny, Pretty. like <laughs> yeah, I exactly. Mean, I, I, I'm, I'm larger. I'm big yeah. boned. So when I need to take command of a room, I yeah. can. I can just stretch my back and raise the neck and and be bigger than big men. Yeah, exactly. You can't. It's not that simple for you. Yeah, exactly. So small, female, young is exactly not the the type of person Recipe you want to put. Exactly. But still, you manage. Yeah, I mean, so I, you, I you found a way to do it, uh, even even though. I mean, one of the the ways to tackle was really like super sweating up, like looking ultra serious. Power dressing. Exactly. Yeah. So you really need symbols somehow to to tell the audience that you know where you are and you okay. know what you're doing. And it took several courses to to not have that kind of resistance at the beginning. Like I, I kept going and delivering the the same course, but of course, eventually participants tell the other ones that oh, she's good. So. Over time, like I had a very positive audience in front of me, but it really was not the the most easy. So maybe more po- positive than what they would have been without like you struggling so hard. Yeah, or I can imagine that you level like that you gave a really good <laughs> most like likely. presentation. Yeah. Uh, but did some of this experience uh, uh, like affect your decision to uh, move and end up here in in Stockholm or? I mean, well, not necessarily those things. Like the the challenge with gender uh, questions is that you really don't realize you're going through those. Uh, like until like some time has passed and you thought about them. It's basically the way it is. Like that's how it's assumed. So me having to prepare for this mentally like tells me that I was ready for that kind of resistance, but I wasn't questioning. Uh, whether it should be there or not. I'm like, okay, this is the context. I, I got to be prepared. And of course, um, these kinds of decisions, situations kind of uh, filter your way forward. Uh, like that got me so curious about Sweden. Why are things functioning in this society? So that's definitely a part of the, the reasons. And when I ended up in my first job here uh, as a strategy consultant, I was again in very techy field. And it was again all males, uh, but uh, I it never seemed to be a problem. That Where I were was, they? Their arms were they down or up? They, they were they were not up. They were listening like uh, all in. So they really. I think one of the the greatest thing I felt here was oh wow, it doesn't matter. Like uh, I'm I was still the youngest one in the room, still the only female, but everybody was listening in. So that was a a, a major difference for me in experience. And there are uh, quite a few startup hubs here in Stockholm. What's different about Norsken? Norsken is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, what we are doing at Norsken is basically um, enabling and and nurturing entrepreneurs uh, who uh, who aim to make the world a better place using technology. So it's basically, uh, I call it the self-selected group of awesome people, like my colleagues, the entrepreneurs we work with, the organizations that want to partner up with us, they all see that uh, we 
need to find solutions to the the most pressing challenges uh, in the world. Uh, and then we use technology and the entrepreneurs use their superpowers to, to find solutions to, to these problems. So our goal in a way is to like uh, identify what we call impact unicorns. So for those of you that are familiar with the term unicorn... Uh, Do uh, from, explain. Yeah, okay. So it's basically um, unicorns are companies that are valued at $1 billion. Okay. And for us, it's like what's important is to identify and enable impact unicorns who affect 1 billion people's lives positively. And what does the gender balance look like in the companies you work with at Norsken? We host about 120 companies at Norsken House. Uh, so like, I can't uh, speculate on each and every one's composition. But uh, last time I checked the, the gender situation in the house, it was around 45% females and 55% males. Or there are actually, well, I mean, from those that reported, because they're also unspecified. Dodi, does that sound familiar to you? The gender balance that Funda is talking about at Norsked? Since I work in communications, um, that's where you find plenty of women, even in a tech environment. So no, but here are a couple of things that happen um, to, I think, address um, that imbalance, both at Ericsson and in my current job at Snow Software. Um, the International Women's Day is is always marked, and it's not marked by sending women flowers, because fuck off, seriously. <laughs> like, don't mark the day by sending flowers. That's just beating a tradition in t- backwards. Yeah. Um, so how do you do mark, it? Mark it by, um, by acknowledging the professionalism of your colleagues. Um, mark it by... Um, by getting in touch with universities and and making sure that programs that women are encouraged to go into the STEM studies. Um, uh, Introduce a Girl to Engineering Day is at the end of March. Um, Snow is bringing in classrooms of young girls and helping them code for a day and just setting them free and seeing how fun it is and how encouraging it is. So those are um, initiatives that I think are important. So to me... Right now, this generation, perhaps the balance isn't there. Perhaps we should be focusing on, you know, who's coming up. And I think that's what Ericsson has done very well. And Snow Software is doing it very well. And probably companies like Norfian. You know, you want to you want to think about um, not just the the entrepreneurs who are coming to you, but, you know, who's it Gymnasiet who, who wants to eventually come to Norfriend. You know, who at Sveriges Radio is going to cover tech as an industry? Who is the Kara Swisher to drop a Silicon Valley name? Like, she's one of the most influential people in Silicon Valley. Hoorah! You know, where do you find those personalities? You find them... You characterized me as traditional, so that's great. I'm going to embrace that and say, (laughs) yeah, I'm nearly 50. I'm looking to the next generation. How about closing the gender gap? Do you have any suggestions on, on... What kind of moves would help with that problem? So as a person in communications, when you look at events, when you look at speakers, you want to look at programs and you want to make sure um, that every panel is represented, um, that, you know, every conversation is going to cover that perspective. You know, it's it's not good if you're, you know, listening to a panel um, full of of white men. Certainly white men need representation, but our world doesn't look like that. So, you know, um, kudos to women in tech, you know, that event early in March where they put 
women on stage and 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 one of the comments from the moderators was no i think it was the first speaker the mit woman who talked about um the the gender uh, blurred project what what did she say well she said you know what a great event next time you're having a panel i defy you to not have good representation on that panel and that's exactly the point right yeah. is that it's it's easy to grab the white men who are established but exactly make that second call yeah. make the third call yeah. make the fourth call yeah. get good representation yeah. on your panel yeah, yeah you should you should I, really get get into like counting and and getting to the numbers and the statistics of the panels uh, that's the solution and to, to really i'm not talking about tokens either i'm just talking about use the full network so that the the world is represented on the panel i would i would hate to promote tokens that's not it you know it's really about the full depth of a perspective so go to another company where you can find the woman executive you know go to the other city where you might find a woman executive but this brings us i think right into stockholm is that i think stockholm is full of these fantastic women executives women who are leading se bank and you know there are so many you know terrific women executives um in tech yeah. so it's possible Yeah, I was very inspired to uh, like to hear from the the Vinova team that they reject being part of any uh, panel if it's not balanced. Mm. So that's a statement. I think a lot of organizations can really uh, step up uh, in their own way. Like everyone is a like a change maker, right? Like uh, given our own responsibility area and and scope. So at Norham, for instance, we really. Are emphasizing uh, the um, uh, the gender balance in the at the events uh, substantially. So now we started an event series called Norhan Sessions, where we're bringing um, you know unicorn founders, like uh, super successful people who can share their stories with the the entrepreneurs. And uh, like our rule there is, if we have like a one male uh, in one session or two males because we couldn't schedule it otherwise, then it has to be two females like uh, as the the following guests. And it is so true that like when you make the the list first, like who you wanna have on the on stage, like we we realized, oh no, I mean we created a a list of males again. So we then just dropped it and then restarted. We were talking about earlier, uh, Funda, you have some experience working in Egypt. And I know, Dodi, that you've been working in Latin America with Ericsson. Correct, in Mexico City. Yeah. Can you tell me some about some of your experiences working there? I was in a in a leadership team in Mexico City and, and it was great. I, got, I was automatically granted respect because Mexico is very hierarchical. But the difference in, in being a woman in Mexico a woman in business in Mexico and being a woman in business in Stockholm is about this power dressing. Mm. Um, yeah. we're, all, we're all sitting around this table in our winter boots because it looks like it does outside. Had we been in Mexico, we would have all changed into our three-inch high heels. Mm. Um, the nails have to be done. There was one time I was, um, I was at our regional headquarters in Brazil and I was typing away, ready to meet the regional head. And my boss um, looks at my hands And just kind of gave me the ups and downs and then walked away. Fortunately, during lunch, I was going to the nail salon. I came back, did the nails. I was typing again on my keyboard. She walks by me again, barely glances, and she says, Very nice, Miss Axelson. 
So you have to, the appearance, the power dressing is so much more important in Latin America. Every day I was in heels, most days in a skirt, and I enjoy that. I feel lucky as a woman that I get to do it up. I get to skirt it up if I want to. But also in Sweden, if you don't want to, you are still acknowledged as a professional in jeans and a shirt and your winter boots. I think we're lucky. So what in would so be the difference if you, if you didn't want to do a manicure or have high heels? What would be the... How would you be? Like, you know, you'd get maybe the look down the nose. You'd get, you know, what Funda was talking about in Egypt, you know, the leaning back, the crossed arms. Really? Like you're here and you're going to, you're going to speak to the leadership team looking like that? Like I would, I, I, to me, it's it's uh, all shocking. I, I've, I experience the opposite. I mean, here in Sweden, yeah. being a Swede, yeah. Yeah. if I would wear too high heels or be too, uh, I mean, that would be more of a, I would stick out more if I did that here. Correct. It's actually so true. I mean, I'm thinking now, like uh, how I got to that power dressing idea was really one of my professors back in Turkey. I studied in the the best university in Turkey, literally, and it was a a, a professor in the management department. Uh, towards the end of our studies, telling us that uh, okay, now you're all like soon graduating, so girls, you might want to start putting up your like high heels and like get seriously dressed, etc. That must have been embedded somewhere. How how did you uh, react? You don't happened. react. I mean, we, so we laughed. We thought it was like uh, outrageous for him to say that, but nobody reacted to him. You know, like uh, you don't. Yeah. I mean, it's, and what it's, and what about uh, like the, the the men? Do they get also? I think the, the comment was mainly for the the girls at that point. Um, that to me, that's yeah. yeah I, I, is, I, like I put could, makeup on, put your high aren't, heels. There aren't so many man buns in Latin America, so we <laughs> yeah. can you know we can turn the tables a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then I came here, and when I was at my this like strategy consulting job again in front of all the males, I power dressed again. You know, thinking, "Oh, I know this one, so I'll just uh, put on the high heels and." And that just didn't really fly. I was like, oh, wow, I actually don't need to do this. And then I just... How did you notice that it didn't fly? Like, people really stared at me, (laughs) you know, like when I walked into the room, like, oh, wow, okay, so this is a serious meeting all of a sudden, you know, like there were comments around that. And I was like, oh, okay, I don't need to do this. But you still feel you can if you want to. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you can if you want to. I mean, it wasn't like, it wasn't scorning type of like uh, looks. It was more like, oh, okay, like nice of you to dress up, but, uh, you know. We're going to play banker today. Exactly. (laughs) But definitely. uh, Why do you think that there are less women? working in tech in general? I think because it starts very early. I think it starts already from kindergarten or from first class, just very young. Um, I don't have daughters. I have sons. Uh, They're good at math and they are encouraged in math. So that's as much of an anecdote as I can provide. I don't know what it's like to have a daughter in Sweden. I see that my best friend's daughters, they are encouraged now in math and science, But there are two girls in our social circle that have gone to performing arts schools. That's great. You know, I'm a former performing artist myself, so hurrah for the arts. I think that's great. But are the boys going to performing arts schools at at equal rates? Um, Are they talented at math, but they got encouraged to go to the performing arts school? I don't know, but I think that there are less women in tech now because a generation ago they were not being encouraged 
you know, on, on I finished high school in America. I had equal scores on math and language, but I picked the humanities. What if somebody had said to me, go be a scientist? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, already we adopt roles back in the, the day, right? Perhaps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 back to to uh, the situation here here in Stockholm, Stockholm living here, uh, like what what would you just say to to women around the world uh, in the U.S., for instance, or Egypt or South America, uh, women who feel that they're being held back because of uh, their gender? What would you say to them? Find a mentor. That mentor could be male. That mentor could be female. Find a mentor. Um, learn how to be a leader to yourself. If you lead yourself, you lead other people. I think that that is a way to come up on the ladder. Yeah, you do need like uh, enablers, probably like in certain contexts. I I personally was very lucky that I had my family um, when I was growing up in Turkey because right next door, like my neighbor or like a my uh, um, classmate in in primary school, they probably didn't get the the same chances and just very uh, uh small example to this is um when I, um, i i didn't leave turkey until i was 21 i didn't get the opportunity basically uh, and as soon as i did my first leg in australia i was like oh funda is gone like i was you know the, my journey started there but the beginning of that journey um when i got accepted i was just about to leave uh and the elderly in the family decided to visit us so i my family is very modern <clears throat> but in your very immediate circle you find quite conservative people quite easily so they decided to pay us a visit um where they tried to, to convince my dad uh not to send me Uh, and in a very subtle way, like literally, what, what did they do? Their argument, and I'm sitting right there, and they're like, uh, "Yeah, our girls are so valuable to us." Uh, you know, like their definition of value of a girl is sacredness of the girl, obviously. So their claim was like, uh, "Yeah, we wouldn't leave our girls out of our sight." You know, like, uh, "Are you doing the right thing?" Uh, How did your father react? Oh, he gave them a like at least half an hour of a lecture about the the value of an individual, like a male or female, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But uh, like they can go as far to to try to influence a progressive father, you know, to to not to send their daughters. So I like uh, I was very lucky that my dad could not care less, uh, but he he could have, uh, and in that situation. I think you do need someone to to hold your hand to to guide you through the the process. So I sign up for the the mentor idea as well. Actually, very generous of your father to to give them a lecture. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know how much of that they were able to to <laughs> digest yeah. and observe. Yeah. But would you would you uh, like would would you urge other women to to move to Sweden? Yeah. I mean, I I'm like I I told Paul. Like when uh, he reached out to me to to do this podcast, that Paul uh, works Paul, at the yeah, logo. Yeah, sorry. Uh, that uh, I'm I'm so positive about Stockholm that like uh, people are gonna think that I'm paid <laughs> to to speak here. But uh, definitely, I mean, it's really again like as I mentioned earlier. I think it's both because of the opportunities that exist here. Uh, of course, we can still aim to to close the the gap gender gap much more. 
but there are gr- and the salary gap <clears throat> and the salary gap. Yes, absolutely. Um, but there are a lot of great companies popping up, uh, and like, it is more and more in the the right mindset of like uh, making sure that the diversity and the the gaps are handled in the the right way. And um, I think the magic of Stockholm yeah. is is that it is it's this. Um, perfect size it's a capital city so there's so much available there's this thriving uh, innovation exactly. the spirit of innovation yeah. there is also tradition hmm. you know and and marvelous tradition and and in companies not just ericsson but also you know se bank and and um and and other big industry even ikea i think we could almost call you know, uh, a, a traditional industry, even if it's not Stockholm. But then, um, so Stockholm has has the right size because it's small, but it's a capital city, so there's great variety. And then the examples you have as a woman of, well, what woman could I look up to? What executive is there in Dogger's industry, in the newspaper? There are loads, and they are not afraid of speaking up. Mm. I was at a, a meeting not too long ago in London, and it was this typical example from the Sheryl Sandberg book, mm. Lean In. All the men were around the table and the women were against the wall. And I was, I stood, I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> well, you said that. Yes. Yeah. Get away from the wall, get up to the table. What are you doing there? You know, and I don't think that that happens in the community where where we're just used to seeing women sit around the table. It is weird to see the women gather against the wall and hover there. That's what Stockholm does very, very well, is we, we show the women who are leaders. Yeah. So it's less <laughs> scary. But do you think there's that you're more aware than than, uh, than people who have been living here all their lives, if you've noticed something? I think it's almost like um, um, you've have the the not functioning examples i've accumulated a lot of those like uh, i can give different examples from all the the countries i've been in and first time i have not encountered any of that sort of activity uh, in my professional life for the the four years that i was here nothing Um, nothing that i really thought this through and like uh, i couldn't come up with an example um I mean, of course, like uh, small things, like uh, you know, being in the the back seat and and such. Like, uh, of course, there are more subtle things here too. I mean, this is not a perfect world either, but there is a conscious ef- conscious effort in uh, attending these questions. I mean, just last week we were at the the management meeting at at Norhuen, where I mean, this is all a question that we always ask ourselves, like uh, whether we're doing this in the right way, like we do with everything. And like we do believe that we're tackling things in the right way, but we still opened it up for a, a like genuine discussion, and that was guided by our CEO, who is a male. He's like, uh, "Please let me know, like, uh, what are we doing wrong here?" Still, like, um, so I think there's really like what I'm experiencing, exactly, exactly, and it starts with a dialogue most of the time. So we definitely have it up and running. It feels like. And there's a whole girl power movement, you know, uh, that's all around me. Like, uh, like all the the other females in tech are supporting the the females. I mean, at Norham, we're now ten females, uh, five males in the team. So we're definitely on the the girl power side of the story. I think, as far as observing and and having that perspective of what's normal and what's not normal. 
Um, I think it's just always good with a reminder about, you know, how far have we come? And even if you've never experienced, you know, what it's what a society is like where you don't get any respect unless you're suited up. Uh, I had a conversation with uh, the mother of a good friend of mine, and she was talking about at the start of her career, she was um, one of the first Peace Corps volunteers from the United States and and went to Colombia. She was one of the first employees of the National Science Foundation in the United States. And, you know, so she reminded me that we, I think, have come so far in certain places that we don't even wonder anymore, well, who was first? Yeah. Mm. You know, so it's mm. good to remember and be grateful. Mm. Yeah. And lastly, this, this the name of this podcast is uh, A Woman's Place. And um, uh, what does A Woman's Place mean to you? Where is that? Gosh, it's, you know, to be honest, um, you're going to cut this, but I think I just think about a spa with like pink, pink walls and soft music playing. But I think if you're going to be empowered about it, then it's, you know, it's a it's a place where, you know, you're not afraid to come and sit at the table. It's a place where you are going to wear whatever makes you feel powerful, whether that's jeans or a skirt and heels. Um, I think that it means it's a place where... You can be a mother and, you know, you can either take four months of maternity leave or you can take 14. You get that choice. Yeah. That's what that means to me. Yeah, I agree. I Exactly. <laughs> I, I completely agree. I mean, especially on the the parental leave front. Uh, I'm, I'm not planning on having my own children, but the, the fact that I have like a... The access to the same equal opportunity with uh, my uh, Sambu husband uh, is is really. I mean, that's basically how careers go, like one way or another, right? Like, if you need to take a pause, uh, then that means that you have some time to to recover when you come back. But when it's both males and females, and that's at your workplace as well. I mean, you have both the males and the females taking the time off. Then. The gap doesn't get worse, basically. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having us. It was fun. Thank you for listening and join us again soon for the next episode of A Woman's Place. Hey!